The following pre-recorded program is paid for by SSI Guardian. Welcome to Living Well with Dr. Peg with your host, psychologist and author, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Living Well with Dr. Peg explores a variety of mental health, wellness, and safety topics brought to you by SSI Guardian. Living Well with Dr. Peg shares effective and practical psychological strategies based on biblical principles for living well and staying safe. To listen to previous episodes, learn more about Dr. Peg's mental health and safety workshops, or to register for an upcoming VIP personal transformation retreat. Visit drpegradio.com. And now, here's your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell Clark. Hello, listeners. Thanks for tuning in again to Living Well with Dr. Peg. Uh, we're more than halfway through the new year. Are you still on the same path, or have you made a shift? My guest, Dr. Carla Coburn, says this is a season to shift and move with God. And she's written a new book called It's Time to Shift. You'll hear from Dr. Coburn uh, and learn more about how to move with God in obedience in just a moment. I'm so glad that you're listening. And if you know someone who needs to make a shift, just go ahead and text or call them now and tell them to tune in. We're coming to you from Denver, Colorado on 94.7 FM, The Word, and streaming online and from your smartphones at drpegradio.com. Living Well with Dr. Peg is brought to you by our sponsor, SSI Guardian, who set the new standard in advanced safety education. To learn more about SSI Guardian, go to SSIGuardian.com. And if you missed last week's episode or any episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg, go to DrPegRadio.com for the program archives or to connect with our sponsor and to learn more about my various events, retreats, and workshops. My guest, Dr. Carla Coburn, has written a book that will inspire you to do whatever it takes to experience lasting change and to move with God. Dr. Carla Coburn is the author of It's Time to Shift, Moving with God. She's also the First Lady of Prince of Peace Church of God in Christ in Aurora, Colorado, and a strong teacher of the word, a prayer warrior, and has a passion for activating people in their purpose. Dr. Carla Coburn, thanks for being with me in the studio today, being back with me again today, and welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. And you you sat in with me for um, a few a few minutes uh, last week uh, uh-huh. with our comedians, our mm-hmm. funny men. And again, listeners, if you missed that episode or any episodes of Living Well with Dr. Peg, go to the procre- program archives at drpegradio.com. Yes. And so we just had a really good time with them. They did. Um, so uh, it's great to have you on the show. I, um, I I knew you more by reputation, and we ran, our paths crossed from uh-huh. time to time, yep. and we have a, a lot of friends in common. I was telling you the other day that you you can know a person by the company they keep, yes. and I a lot of the company you keep are really powerful women of gods and, and friends of mine as well. And so I knew I liked you before I even really knew you. Yes, <laughs> I liked you too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so I had... Um, I, uh, my pastor, uh, Apostle Phil Smith at Colorado Christian Fellowship, he's been on the program before. Uh-huh. He taught a message years ago called Shift, Sift, and Accelerate. Shift, Sift, Accelerate. Like and it. it was just awesome at the time. And then um, he taught it on it a second time, years later. Mm-hmm. And he kind of tweaked the message, and it was Sift, Shift, Accelerate, elevate gotcha and i was like "Ooh, i like that you yes. talked about the airplane that it accelerates and it elevates mm-hmm. 
And then the Lord brought it all back to me that because this was years ago, the first time, then a couple years, the second time. And then the Lord brought that back to me last fall, shift, sift, accelerate, mm-hmm. elevate. And um, soon after that, I started seeing on your Facebook posts, um, you started talking about shift. And I was like, oh, my goodness, shift. <laughs> Pastor Phil was just talking about yes. shift. And, yeah, I'm really in this season now of shifting mm-hmm. and sifting, which is not always fun. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> and so I really resonated with, with when you were posting about that mm-hmm. on Facebook. And it really confirmed for me the season that I was in. Uh, so talk about what what this whole notion of shifting is first to find shift for us and then how you came to write this book it's time to shift because it really started out as um journaling and facebook mm-hmm. posting before it was a, a, real, a real, book. real real book absolutely yeah. well um again thank you for having me You're on welcome. today um so shift when i say shift it almost sounds just like your book it's really do something different. Yeah, it is. That's why it, we're kindred spirits. It, it here. is. I liked it, it immediately. You know, I think it's it's really a change model. It's a mm-hmm. new change model. It's a change model uh, with God in mind. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm talking about when I say shift. Um, and the subtitle is moving with God, moving with yeah. God, yeah. moving with God, almost just like it is hearing him and then doing what he says. Mm-hmm. And so the book came to be by a few things, a few things. Um, one, last year was really, really a hard year for me. And um, I had gotten to a place where um, I was doing stuff. I mean, we can always be doing things, but life was just becoming boring. Mm-hmm. It was mundane, the same old, same old stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I use the term religious. A lot of times people think I'm talking about religion or denomination, but I'm talking about just doing the same mm-hmm. thing all doing the time. Doing it religiously. Absolutely. We use that language. Absolutely. Right? It's, 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 and I'll talk about this later about the mindless behavior, mm-hmm. but it was that. And so I knew that God had more of a desire for me to do more things. And then my husband, my husband, my pastor, he had a vision party for the church. Mm-hmm. And I love that. That's like how I work, how I operate. If you give me a goal, mm-hmm. I can hit that mm-hmm. thing. And so when he gave, had that vision party, I had some new life. Like I knew, I knew I could go after something. Mm. So that happened. And then soon after that, like a couple of weeks after we had that party, our spiritual father came over to our church to speak and he, um, gave a word that the Lord had given him earlier in the year. And that word set a fire in me. Mm. I'm like, Oh my gosh, the Lord is speaking to me. I got really excited. And so I spent one afternoon, um, or I'm sorry, one morning, Um, I had learned how to sit and be quiet with God and just start writing whatever I heard. And this particular day I had sat there for maybe four to five hours. Mm. And before I knew it, there were 10,000 words. Mm. And, and the Lord said, this is the beginning of a book. Mm. And that's how the shift came to be. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Well, and just say more about that. I don't want you to gloss over because I think it's a very powerful way to meet God and mm-hmm. to hear from the Lord and mm-hmm. to, to get your marching orders is to sit quietly with him in his presence and just listen because yeah. we spend a lot of time in our Christian walk talking to God and yeah. not even just talking to him, telling him mm-hmm. what we need, what we need him to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I always, uh, when I do workshops on communication, I always define communication as I speak, you listen, mm-hmm. you speak. I listen. And mm-hmm. so we can't forget, you know, that there's two parts to that. Yeah, I can speak and I can learn to uh, communicate my message clearly so that you receive it the way I intended it. Mm-hmm. But at some point I have to stop speaking yep. and let now you and let speak. You and yes. so we forget that that 
we can relate to God. He's God Mm -hmm. and he's our friend. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so we need to shut our mouths sometimes and listen. So say more about that. That was something you were in the habit of doing. No, no, that was actually something that um, I learned Mm -hmm. over this process. Um, I, you know, I would spend my worship time, my quiet time. I realized it wasn't really quiet time because I would have music on mm. or I would have something going on yeah. that was more stimulating to me. And I grabbed this book. Um, it's called The Two Chairs. And I learned the concept of just sitting, meeting with God and sitting in one chair and allowing him mm. to sit in the other one and just be quiet. Mm-hmm. And I did. It was a little uncomfortable for those first 10 15 minutes, you know, not hearing anything, but I was deliberate to hear from God. Mm -hmm. And so I sat there, I learned that, and then he began to pour into me. And like I said, when I sat on that particular day, I didn't realize how much he was pouring into me. Mm -hmm. And it was four or five hours later Mm -hmm. and I just love doing it. So now I try to get in that. And I was in a living room, um, away from the television, Mm -hmm. away from everything just having that place. And now that's my sacred place. I just go there. Like when my family sees me in there, it's like, Oh, leave her alone. <laughs> yeah. She's quiet with go at, yeah. with God. Amen. Amen. And that's something that we really need to be mindful of. We're so plugged in, in mm-hmm. our culture and our society today mm-hmm. with our handheld devices, Absolutely, and all of that, that we really do have to unplug and then plug into the Lord. Um, and I, I had apostle Phil on my show, um, Phil Smith on my show, um, um, some months back and we talked about a sermon he preached called busy being too busy. Mm. can't remember the exact title, Mm -hmm. Um, but I had read somewhere where uh, the acronym for busy means being under Satan's yoke. Wow. (laughs) Being too busy to, and doing for the church, even being Mm -hmm. busy with church stuff. Absolutely. Every time the doors are open. And so that, that part of that shift that you're talking about sounds like making the shift to unplug, not be so Mm -hmm. busy. Mm -hmm. Um, And the Lord might have us very busy in a season, but it's Holy spirit led, not just religiously busy. Right. right? So one shift, yeah, one shift might really just, just be to stop, mm-hmm. unplug, sit mm-hmm. quietly before the Lord and listen. Yeah. And and we shouldn't be surprised at what he pours out, should we? we He's should always not. talking. Always. <laughs> He's always speaking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen. So um, why we that's probably one reason why we get so stuck is we're, we're off doing our own thing mm-hmm. instead of really hearing for what God wants us to do. But talk about uh, the patience that's required um, that we typically expect. You wrote in your book about, you know, expecting that change should take a specific length length of time. Mm -hmm. You know, surely five years is long enough Mm -hmm. to wait, Lord, for Mm -hmm. this shift and this move that Mm -hmm. that you want us to do. Um, Talk more about that, how we have to wait. And it's not on our timing. It's really God's timing. It really is his timing. He gets to choose what what we do. And a lot of times we think that things should happen very quickly, Mm -hmm. but we miss the fact that God is trying to teach us something in the process. And if we haven't gotten that concept yet, well, we're not going to be able to move to the Mm -hmm. next thing. Mm -hmm. And so um, um, and I think also sometimes we tend to just want to do the same things that we were doing, but we want something different Mm -hmm. and you can't get that. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. Well, and you said our books have a lot in common. That's Mm -hmm. what I say all the time is that people want change, but they're not willing to make changes. They want something different, but they won't do something Mm -hmm. different. Mm -hmm. Why? Well, change is hard. It's scary. It is. And it comes at a cost. And 
we can do all things through Christ. And mm-hmm. if he's the one who's leading and directing and guiding and giving us those instructions, we should know we're equipped to do it. He wouldn't have us do something that we can't do. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I think that's where we have to find the comfort is in knowing that God, he wants us to be successful. Mm-hmm. And if he ordains it, he's mm-hmm. got you equipped for Amen. everything you're going to do. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. That's right. It might, might cost you something. And in terms of that sift, sifting, mm-hmm. we might have to give up some things. Absolutely. Um, you say, uh, it, you talk in your book about um, the story of when Jesus told the disciples he would have to die to say, uh, uh, we need to develop a mind for the concerns of, of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk more about that, uh, that scripture about you don't have the, a mind for the concerns of God. Yeah, the scripture, I believe it's in Matthew, I want to say 16. Um, it was when Jesus was talking to the disciples, telling them about his death. And, he, and Peter says, no, no, I don't want this to happen. And, and Jesus responds with, get thee behind me, Satan. Mm-hmm. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. In other words, Peter was more selfishly thinking about, I don't want you to leave Jesus, not understanding that Jesus was fulfilling a mission, a cool, a, a, a full mission of mm. God that was going to impact more than just Peter. Mm. It's still impacting people today. <laughs> and so we have to get the mind of God. We have to get his ultimate plans because we're here to impact more than just us and our families we're here to impact the kingdom of god and so getting that heart of god getting that full plan and and how we're going to make that impact that's what i mean when i say we got to get his mind mm-hmm, mm-hmm. amen you also talk in your book about the importance of a preparation period mm-hmm. um, what's what's required what does that look like in real practical terms so in real practical terms i mean i if you just think about it um you got to learn the foundational principles of anything. You got to have the basic things for any level that you're in. Just think about when you were in, in school, you went to elementary school, they gave you some basic principles that prepared you for your next level of school and then the next level and then your secondary education. And so, um, they are those foundational principles as a believer. One of the foundational principles that we have, well, there's a couple, there's love, And then there's the repentance and forgiveness. Mm. And so if we can't learn, I mean, that's, that's where our whole salvation is, is on forgiveness. It's based on forgiveness. We want God to forgive us. So now we have to learn how to practice forgiveness. Mm -hmm. That's a foundational principle. We can't even go to a next level if we don't get that foundation (laughs) in there. And, and, and what I love about the foundation, the preparation part is that, you know, it's a period of learning the concept and then you get tested, tested in the concept, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, you know, I, I thought about it, and God is really practical with me. He's like, remember when you did fractions like in sixth grade? <laughs> and they were reintroduced in the eighth grade? Yeah, forgiveness will be, produced, mm. will be uh, given to you in the beginning. And then maybe down the road, you may have to practice it again mm-hmm. just to make sure you still have that skill. Because that's what he's trying to do is give us skills mm-hmm. so that we can go to the next level. Yeah, amen, amen. And that's that's what he wants. And moving with him, he's taking us from glory to, to glory. Absolutely. Yeah. And so you also say in your book that the basics for moving with God are tied to your love for him and your love for his people. And mm-hmm. that's a very simple statement. And yet I know I'll, I'll be transparent. That can be really tough. It is tough. At times. Say more about that. Yeah, it's tough to love people. I mean, <laughs> there are some people that are truly, you know, what the world would say, they're unlovable. I, I don't know. Like hard, the church would say, they're hard to love. Mm-hmm. They're just difficult people. 
Um, but the story, when I, when I actually made that quote, um, I took it from the scripture in John chapter 21, where Jesus and Peter, again, our model, he's a great model. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Jesus is talking to him and he says, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, but they were talking about two different types mm-hmm. of love. One, Jesus is asking him basically, are you totally committed to me? And Peter's like, well, I love you as a close, close friend. Mm. He's like, are you committed to me, Peter? And Peter's like, yeah, I told you, I love you like a close friend. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then Jesus finally just says, okay, do you love me like a close friend? And Peter says, yeah, I do. I love you like a close friend. And what I think Jesus was trying to get Peter to understand is that if you're totally committed to me, then you'll do anything and everything that I say. Cause I have a plan and a pro, uh, a plan of impact for you down the road. Will you follow me? Will you be obedient to everything that I say? And Peter's like, you know, I love you, but I don't know if I love all your people around mm-hmm. you. <laughs> I love you. Mm-hmm. And I think it was almost like a setup for Peter. He's like, okay, well, if I can get him to say that he loves me, then I can get him to the place where he loves. Mm-hmm. He'll do everything that I say, and he'll love even those people who are hard to love. Mm-hmm. Because the Bible says, Jesus says, uh, you can't love me and not love your brother. You got to love everyone. Mm-hmm. It's a process of learning, totally a process of learning, because Peter was very clear. It's where we all live, right? Mm-hmm. I like you. Mm-hmm. But it's a process of learning. Mm-hmm. So. And, and when it when it costs me something, when it becomes hard for me or inconvenient to love you, <laughs> oh, yeah. then that's the, the true test. Yeah. I, I think about um, I think about we as believers, we like to stay with those people that we like and are in our in our churches and in our homes. And we like them. But remember Jesus when he went to Samaria and the, the Jews hated the Samaritans. But Jesus went to them because it was a model for us to mm. go to people that are not like us. Go to people that, you know, wouldn't normally fit in who we like. And I think that's what we need to do. Even as a body of believers, we need to go out and love people who are different than us. Mm. We really do. Mm-hmm. And, and if we take that model, I think that the enemy tries to keep us separated from one another just to keep that contention going. But I think if you go, even if they don't look like us, you'll find that we're really a lot, of, a lot alike. Mm-hmm. Right. And we can begin to talk with one another mm. and learn of one another yeah. and then embrace one another. Yeah. Well, in, in your book, you're pretty transparent, especially in the beginning where you're sharing uh, about that vision party and kind of your church, your 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 home church where your own husband is the pastor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. <laughs> and um, you had some obstacles in terms of um, preparing for your shift. Talk about some of those. You're talking about the ones in our church. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, well. you, and you personally. Well, yeah. You yeah. personally. Um, well, in our church, you know, we love to see brand new people walk through the door. But once we got used to them, we didn't quite care for mm-hmm. them very much. And so the pastor would say, um, you guys, we need to love people all the way through. We need to love them in good and bad. We need to love them. And he, he really charged us with that. Um, but one of the, the some of the uh, obstacles that I faced, one of my biggest ones was um I, you know, Dr. Peg, I was telling you, I think, you know, I'm pretty transparent and I relate with people and try to be honest about who I am. But being a pastor's wife, the people that come to me, they actually just show me what I want to see. They don't necessarily tell me the truth. And I think in my own naivety, I'm thinking 
people are doing the same way that I am. They're communicating the same way that I am. And mm-hmm. so I have learned a really hard lesson um, that people don't always tell you. They're not always presenting themselves the right way. Mm-hmm. And so I had to learn that over time. It was a really hard lesson. It was really, I was a little bit naive, I think. Um, and it can be disappointing when you think people are are real and they're really not, mm-hmm. and they're not really in your corner. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's um, what happened. I kind of got a little angry, even in the church. It's like, I love these people and I'm just who I am, but they're, they look nice to me, mm-hmm. but they really, some of them don't even really like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that was really tough. Hmm. That was really hard. So the Lord showed me, you know, even though the people are smiling in your face, you can work through that. Mm. I can, I can, you, we can work through that. Yeah. And that's, I think what happened with me, even in this shifting time, hmm. we can work through that. I, I know, I know a lot of pastors wives that have to have to deal with that. They'll deal with that yeah. betrayal kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and probably who, who can you trust? Mm-hmm. And it, it can, we might feel like you have so many people around you, but I imagine it can feel lonely at times. Yeah, it can. It and, can and, and so we draw on the Lord to, for our guidance on our strategy and how to interact. And again, that just that law of love, keep yeah. loving them, love my sheep. Oh my gosh, it's tough to do, but you do do it. Mm-hmm. And then you have some great friends around you that can help you. Mm-hmm. Shoulders you can cry on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so we sometimes get stuck. It's it's often hard, um, and we get stuck in our routines and how we used to do it. Um, what advice can you give, and do you give in your book, It's Time to Shift, about breaking out of your routine so you can begin to uh, produce the fruit that uh, in your lives and, and shift with God? How do we... How do we start to flow with him? It really is a decision, right? It's a decision. Um, we are people who love to be in the comfort zone. We like to do things that are comfortable. Even our own bodies, it'll just go back to what it remembers. Mm-hmm. And um, and you have to just be deliberate to do something different. You have to make the decision. Um, that That's so key. You have mm-hmm. to first decide. It's unlikely you're going to just slip into some... Mm-hmm transformation and major change in your life when you've been doing it the same way for Mm -hmm. the last 40 years, Mm -hmm. you really have to make a decision and choose. I'm going to do something different for a change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you do. I I was looking, like I said, the Lord, um, he gives me these examples. Like if you were going to mix red and blue together, you're always going to get purple. Some, one of those colors or both of those colors have to change in order for something to be different. Mm-hmm. So there has to be a decision in, 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 in your mind. And for me, uh, with this shift, it was like, I am so tired of the same old, same old. I'm going to try something different. And once you make that decision in your mind, then you can't fall for the, the trick of going back into comfort because mm-hmm. it does require work. It's not easy. Right. It's not easy to do. It's just like I was I was talking about um, when I came home from work, I would just ravage the refrigerator. Mm. <laughs> now I just come home from work and I go sit in my quiet space. Mm. That's a that's a change. That's, that's a, a change. that's a change, a right? A change, yeah, it's yeah. a choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, uh, you use houses as a metaphor a lot in your book. And um, we can start talking about it now and we'll continue after the break. Um, describe how. Sometimes we want a whole new, <laughs> mm-hmm. a whole new house uh, mm-hmm. as a metaphor and sometimes literally too. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and But often God really wants to take what we all currently have yeah. and repair it, yeah. not just throw it away and get something brand new. We might be and feel and function in a brand new fashion, but he wants to work with what you already have. That's true. That. That's true. It was uh, it was funny. I, I The Lord speaks to me even when my husband is ministering. And, um, and, the, and one day while he was giving this message, the Lord just said, you know what? Um, they're, tell them that they're looking for something new and I want to upgrade what they have, what they already have in their mm-hmm. hands. And uh, I was like, really? You <laughs> Like, I like new stuff. You just want to change what I already have? And he's like, yeah, those scars are what's going to be a reminder of what mm-hmm. I've done. So, you want, And we want to get rid of that, get our liposuction mm-hmm. and our Botox mm-hmm. and <laughs> get rid of the scars. Absolutely. But God is saying, no, I'm going to... I'm going to remodel and upgrade, but I'll leave a little reminder. Of, Absolutely. Uh, of, yeah, of, so you can remember. Yeah. That's a memorial. Remember mm-hmm. what I did there? <laughs> amen. Amen. Well, I'm speaking with Dr. Carla Coburn, and she's the author of the new book, It's Time to Change, Moving with God. And uh, we'll talk more with her about living prophetically versus testifying about the past. I really was intrigued by that in your book. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And yet you're encouraging us also not only to look back on what God has done, mm-hmm. but look forward mm-hmm. prophetically to what he will do. Absolutely. Uh, so when we return, you'll hear more from Dr. Carla Coburn. I'm Dr. Peggy Mitchell Clark. This is Living Well with Dr. Peg. We'll be back in just a moment. 94.7 FM, The Word. One needs to look no further than today's headlines to understand the threats facing American schools. They remain soft targets for violent threats, and yet our schools go largely underprepared. Our children deserve the highest level of education in the safest learning environment possible. The SSI Guardian QAL, or Quick Action Lockdown, is the fastest and safest way to lock down a classroom. This revolutionary device provides schools with maximum locking protection while meeting all safety, fire, and building codes. Designed by the leading lock experts in the world, the QAL is the only lock that meets Department of Homeland Security primer recommendations. SSI Guardian QAL now makes classroom lockdowns fast and safe with the red button. As a parent, you have every right to demand that your child is afforded the best classroom protection. Take action today by calling SSI Guardian at 877-878-5800 or go to GuardianProtect.com. That's GuardianProtect.com. With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRockstrup. Anti-globalization activists have rioted for a second night as Hamburg hosts the Group of 20 Leaders, setting up street barricades, looting supermarkets, and attacking police with iron rods and Molotov cocktails. Meanwhile, Russian President Vladimir Putin says he thinks President Trump believed his in-person denials of Russian meddling in the U.S. presidential election. Putin spoke Saturday after the Group of 20 summit, where he and Mr. Trump had their first face-to-face meeting. Two U.S. bombers have flown to the Korean Peninsula to join fighter jets from South Korea and Japan for a practice bombing run. U.S. military officials say the training mission Friday was in response to North Korea's ballistic missile and nuclear programs. They described the mission as a defensive show of force and unity from the three allied nations, and they say it demonstrates the ironclad U.S. commitment to its allies. This is SRN News. This is Denver's all-new 94.7 FM, The Word. It's been said that we do what we want. We get what we ask for. When the wisest man on earth was asked what he wanted, he asked for understanding. He wanted discernment to do his job, to carry out his role on earth. And you? 
What are you asking for? What do you really want? Ask, and it will be given to you. But make sure you ask for wisdom. You've got a job to do. Find wisdom. Here, 94.7 FM. The word. After the loss of a loved one, your focus is on your family and grieving the loss, not managing their estate. Hi, I'm Tony Sterniolo, a Christian attorney. At the offices of Tony Sterniolo, we can support and counsel you through the entire probate process. Probate does not need to be lengthy, expensive, or complicated. I will help heirs and beneficiaries clear title to assets as easily as possible. After the funeral, let us handle the legal steps so you can focus on your family. Call me, Tony Sterniolo, at 831-4400. That's 303-831-4400. You've been thinking about getting your concealed handgun permit for a while now. Security and peace of mind, self-defense, and home protection, all valid reasons for your concealed handgun permit. You don't need to delay it any longer. Now's the time. DCF Guns in Castle Rock has a concealed carry weapons class. It has a $200 value, but for a limited time, you can get it for just $100 only at DenverHalfPrice.com. That's DenverHalfPrice.com. This class is intended for new and experienced shooters looking to apply for a concealed handgun permit. The class exceeds the state of Colorado requirements to apply for your concealed permit. This course by DCF Guns in Castle Rock teaches the basic knowledge, skills, and attitude for owning and using a pistol safely. That's a $200 certificate for a concealed carry weapons class for just $100 from DCF Guns and only available at DenverHalfPrice.com. That's DenverHalfPrice.com. That's DenverHalfPrice.com. To learn more about living well with Dr. Peg, visit drpegradio.com. And now, Dr. Peggy Mitchell Clark. My guest is Dr. Carla Coburn, author of the book, It's Time to Shift, Moving with God. Thanks so much for being on the program with me today, Carla. Thank you so much for having me. And how can listeners get in touch with you? You know, I really wrote the book, and I didn't know I was going to have to promote, actually. But <laughs> I do have a Facebook page, and it's um, it's Time to Shift, and you can go on there, and it has all of our information on there. We also have a web page, uh, freshwindmg.com, uh, mm-hmm. and you can get all the information about the book there. Okay, great. And I'll have a link back to you from my website, drpegradio.com. Sure. Uh, so before we talk about... Um, Living prophetically, mm-hmm. as you talk about in your book, you wanted to bring something up uh, about something we were talking about earlier. Yeah, we were talking earlier. I told you all about the betrayal that I, that was one of my uh, lessons that I learned. And I, I had really felt like because I am a prophetic person, I felt like God had betrayed me as well. Mm. And so he allowed these people to smile on my face and I didn't know about it. Mm. And I thought he would tell me everything. And he actually said to me, he said, I'll bring you out of this if you stay connected to me, but I brought you here for the sake of others. Mm. So it was a bigger plan in there. And I was so angry with God, Dr. Pegg. Mm. I was so angry with him. I, um, my mother called me at work one day and she told me about my father um, being picked up in an ambulance and presenting as a stroke victim. They mm. took him over to the hospital. And um, as I was going to the hospital to check on my father in this time where I was angry with God, um, the Lord said, uh, well, actually I said, oh, I see what's happening here. I'm mad at you. And now you're going to take my father. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the Lord said to me, he said, um, no, I repented. And I said, I'm sorry, please don't take my father. And he said to me, don't take my grace for granted. Mm-hmm. 
as quickly as I give it to you, I can take it away from you. I already told you that where I brought you in this point of betrayal, I was going to teach you and you were going to help others. And it was at that time when I got to the hospital, my father was sitting there um, and they let him out after two hours. He was, they, the people were like, why is he here? <laughs> I don't know why he's here. And, and it was that time that God just told me, he showed me, he's like, I told you to stay, stay connected to me, stay connected to me. And I will take you, this is far bigger than just what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. This is like the Peter situation with Jesus. It's like, there's a bigger plan here. So I would say with people that are making shifts, like some of the stuff that you're going through, it'll be, tr- it'll be hard, but it's for the sake of a bigger, mm-hmm. a larger body, mm-hmm. not just for you. Mm-hmm. So. And, and that, that's how wonderful God is. It's, it's for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And we do still get blessed we in do. the process, in our obedience, we making do. that shift, moving with God mm-hmm. um, in obedience. Yes, it, there's a bigger plan mm-hmm. and we still get blessed. And we get the benefit. Yes. Amen. Absolutely. So talk about, um, and this was a really intriguing uh, concept in your book about living prophetically. And yes, we testify about the past and what God has done, uh, but you encourage us as well to live prophetically. What What's the difference and why are they both important? So one of my favorite quotes inside of the book is, uh, I said, former glory is great for history books, but we need to see God's glory in the here and now. Mm-hmm. So to me, testimony tells about the greatness that God has done in our past. And that's all wonderful because it's encouraging for those who are experiencing maybe some of the same things. They could see that God can and will do things for them. Uh, but living prophetically, that's hearing God and moving with him in the here and now. That's watching God do something right now and in the future. Um, so when I say it, I, I, I like to always say that I'm living prophetically. Like so many times we run by programs and schedules mm-hmm. and all of that. Living prophetically says, I have my program in place, but whatever you want to do, God, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. And so you, you, I'm going to listen for you and then I'm going to move Amen. with you. Amen. That's living prophetically. Yes. And the, the scripture you quoted in your book, and you may know the reference, but it's behold, I'm doing a new doing thing. A new Don't thing. you perceive it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and yes. so uh, he's always doing a new thing. Mm-hmm. And yes, we we uh, we testify about his goodness and what he's done. And it is an encouragement not only to others, but mm-hmm. to ourselves to remind ourselves he did that. Why wouldn't he yeah. <laughs> do something even greater? Yeah. Um, but behold, he's doing he's a new doing thing. New. Yeah. Looking but, forward. Let me say this, you know, when, when they, when God does something great for us, we kind of think it's a formula, right? Mm -hmm. And so we want to bottle that formula (laughs) and keep doing it. Keep wearing those lucky socks, you know, keep all that stuff. And, and even God, uh, Jesus, he healed several blind people in the Bible and he never did it the same Mm -hmm. way anytime. So you have to know what God is doing in that moment. Mm -hmm. He may not do it the same way. Yeah. And we know God. God is always the same, and mm-hmm. yet He He moves very, he very novelly in, in every new situation. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, and I always say God remains the same, so we won't. He never changes, so we will. So we need some, <laughs> you know, we need some security, mm-hmm. and so we can count on Him. And yet He's operating in in the earth, and in, in you know, in all kinds of new ways yeah. on our behalf. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. He is. Amen. And uh, so talk about perception and inspiration. How do we tap into that uh, prophetic? 
how do we tap into what he's doing? And and you you say, and the Bible says he'll always announce it to his prophets. And mm-hmm. he's he he gives us things we can tap into and and know what is coming and mm-hmm. and get a glimpse of maybe what he is going to do, even if we don't fully understand it. Mm-hmm. So talk about uh, perception and inspiration and, and their role in hearing God's voice. Uh, perception is they're they're similar. It's just the way that the communication happens. So perception is the way that we we either see, hear, or we experience something. It's us communicating with God. It's perceiving something that He's doing. Inspiration is His communication to us. So mm-hmm. Him talking mm-hmm. with us, Him imparting something to us. We have to be able to. You know, they both work together. He inspires. We have mm-hmm. to be able to perceive that. Kind of what thing. I said before. I speak, you listen. Absolutely. He speaks, we listen. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So that's that two-way communication. Mm-hmm. Too many of us are having one-way conversations, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And like you said earlier, telling God what to right, do. Right. But um, um, how to tune in, how to improve our uh, communication with God, that really is that time of sitting with no distraction. And I know it's uncomfortable. I remember doing a prayer night um, for... Uh, a seminar and I was like we're gonna sit for just a minute and just like I speak and you know at least 10 people walked out of the room because wow. they just got uncomfortable with the yeah. quietness yeah. <laughs> and I think um, for me from a psychological point of view and the way our brains are wired some of that really is the um, the technology age that in which we live it, mm-hmm. it there's evidence showing that those devices are changing our brains and mm. especially young people's brains. A uh, recent study just came out about the negative fe- effects of social media on young people's mental health. And wow. so we, we really do have to be mindful of what we're plugging into. Mm-hmm. And I always say they call it TV programming for a reason. Mm-hmm. We're being programmed. programmed. And so I think some people are there. They really are going through withdrawal. If you have them sit quietly uh, in a, in a workshop or seminar or in their prayer closet, it, they get antsy. Yeah. It really is withdrawing from yeah. that um, little squirt of uh, dopamine that's released every time you get a, a notification on your phone. All wow. that's documented. And wow. so we need to learn how to sit quietly. Years ago, I took a class called Rewriting the Heart based on a book, I believe, by the same name. And we got some instruction and, and some teaching and then the last 30 minutes or so of the class was everybody go off into a corner uh, quietly by yourself with the Lord and let him now rewrite your heart. Wow. What have you been believing? Um, you know, we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. And um, there's a there's a place for that renewing and rewriting of what's been written on our heart from our past and mm-hmm. our childhood and all of that Mm -hmm. and so allowing um being able to perceive what the lord is doing being inspired by what he's saying helps you rewrite your heart renew your mind yeah that's great yes yes so how can we um how can we learn to hear god's voice and and when we even use that language hear god's voice when you talk about perception our five senses Mm -hmm. um especially young people might ask, how do I, you know, you say, oh, just listen to the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, hear his voice. He'll tell you, mm-hmm. he'll guide you. And they're like, how, how do how I recognize his voice? Yeah. And we know it, his sheep know his voice, yep. but what would you, um, how could you help someone cultivate that ability to hear from the Lord? And it may not literally be hearing, but to perceive the Lord. Well, I think that, um, it's just like, uh, the analogy I use with the baby, 
um, it, it requires actually spending that time on a consistent basis mm-hmm. so that you can get familiar with the voice. There are many things that speak to us, that stimulate us, mm-hmm. and that speak to us, and we we don't necessarily hear an audible voice. I, I use this as comedy. Maybe Kev on stage will with me, but you know, your wallet will speak to you and tell you if you can afford something. So, right, so right. All and we the, ignore all, it. We though. do. Yeah. We do. So there are, you just have to sit and be consistent before the Lord mm-hmm. and allow him to, you know, you get familiar with one another right now. You may not know his voice, you may not know how he speaks to you. And he speaks in many, many, many different ways. And I didn't really write that in this book, but I did share for me, he speaks to me through dreams and visions, mm-hmm. but someone else, he may just speak through the word. He may speak through an object, mm-hmm. uh, anything. Uh, he might even speak through your, here's another joke, Kev, uh, <laughs> through your, or, uh, your alphabet soup or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what it yeah. may be. You have to hone in on that. But I, I, the way that you get there is by actually spending the time with God. Yes, that that's a good practical Mm -hmm. suggestion is, is um, the more we spend time with him, the more Mm -hmm. we recognize how he communicates Mm -hmm. with us. And the more we cultivate a desire um, to to know him and Mm -hmm. to hear what he's saying, and for his Holy Spirit to lead and guide us and direct us. Amen. Yes. And, And we can pray and ask, too. I think that's something oh, yeah. we forget about, too, is, Lord, I want to I want to hear you know, you. make this clear to me mm-hmm. what you're saying here. Mm-hmm. I want to perceive you clearly. Yes. Amen. Absolutely. Well, when we come back, I want to talk more about um, the windows of opportunity in our lives. Mm-hmm. And so, again, you know, Apostle Phil Smith, pastor of Colorado Christian Fellowship, my pastor, uh, preached about shift, sift, accelerate, elevate. Um, He also was talking at the beginning of the year about God opportunities. He said there are going to be a lot of good opportunities in 2017, but we need to look for the God opportunities. Mm -hmm. And the the windows of opportunity may be very uh, short. And I had an experience recently in my life where I knew I was supposed to act on it. Mm -hmm. It was a a career opportunity. And... um, I, I had self-doubt yeah. and fear, and mm-hmm. so I hesitated. And when I was like, you know what, this is a God opportunity. Mm-hmm. I read it in my journal. I, I pursued it. It was too late. The oh, window had shut. So when it. we come back, you'll hear more from Dr. Carla Coburn about those God opportunities. 94.7 FM, The Word. Schools can no longer afford not to invest in a professional evidence-based advanced safety education training program. It's the single most important decision and investment a school administrator will ever make in their professional career. When all else fails, training and preparation are the only things that will increase your chances of survival in a violent incident such as an active shooter or act of terrorism. SSI Guardian has set the new standard in advanced safety education by providing evidence-based advanced training programs tailored to your needs. While there are many basic training programs largely based on opinion and emotion, SSI Guardian is the only advanced training program of its type with an accredited continuing education unit, or CEU, issued by an accredited university. SSI Guardian has set the new standard in advanced safety education by providing evidence-based advanced training and solutions to learning institutions, faith-based, and professional organizations. To learn more, call SSI Guardian today at 877-878-5800 or visit guardianprotect.com. To learn more about living well with Dr. Peg, visit drpegradio.com. And now, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark.
Welcome back. I'm your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. If you're a confused duck or ready for change, go to drpegradio.com and learn more about my books and retreats. Do something different for a change. You'll learn the three common barriers to change and effective practical strategies to overcome them and experience change and transformation in your life. Go to drpegradio.com. And I'm talking to my book kindred spirit, Dr. (laughs) Carla Coburn. She's written a wonderful book called It's Time for Change. And we've discovered there's some similarities uh, with my book, Do Something Different for Change. Mm -hmm. Carla, you shared just a wonderful um, personal perspective that was born out of a charge that your own pastor, your husband, mm-hmm. gave you mm-hmm. and your church to shift and move with God. Yep. Yes, yes. Amen. Yeah, it's funny because my husband, I've been asking, like, give me a vision, give me a vision. Mm-hmm. And he gave me one. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's changed my life. <laughs> amen. Amen. And uh, I, when I was reading your book, um, you were saying um, my pastor and the pastor. I was like, wait, hold on a minute. <laughs> Is she talking about her husband or was this a different uh, pastor? And so then later in the book, you, you did say, yes, your husband yes. is your pastor. Yes. So talk about those windows of opportunity uh, in our lives that are from God, those God opportunities, not just good opportunities and some good opportunities, you know, that can be not inconsistent with what God's doing, but we want those God opportunities that are really in according to his perfect will. Yeah. You know, the um, opportunities that God presents, he usually will prepare you for those. And so that's why it's so important to um, hone in on that voice of God so that he can get you prepared. So he'll let you know um, in advance. So you'll know the window to take. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, but sometimes uh, there's just a, a little bit of time for us to actually move with God and, and he'll say, okay, now's the time. And, um, and sometimes it's like you were, you admitted in our last segment, it's like, oh, is that really God? I don't know mm-hmm. if I should go. I don't know if I should go. There are a whole lot of good ideas, mm-hmm. but, and, but they will never be as fruitful as the God idea. Mm-hmm. And so um, I suggest that the the key to the window of opportunity is to knowing God's voice mm-hmm. so that you'll know when to go through. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to miss that. And the analogy that I have for this one, I didn't use it in the book, but when I was preparing to come over here was, I don't know if you guys watch The Price of Right, but there's this one game that they play where it's like a little red box and and as the box goes up, the price has to be somewhere within that box. And sometimes it goes past there and it's, you missed it. Mm. You know, you want to make sure that you're within that window, mm-hmm. within that window. There's a prime time mm-hmm. to, to get the maximum impact. Amen. I think, I think in business world, they call it the sweet spot. Yeah. You want to actually have the sweet spot uh, with God and then you make the ma- the most impact. Amen. Amen. And, and really it, it's about timing uh, and you're saying the most fruitful uh, which can be uh, for your benefit, can, as we've been talking about, be for the benefit of his people Absolutely. and for others. Uh, sometimes it, it may not feel good. That window of opportunity might be designed for the sifting mm-hmm. that and getting you to where you need to be, and that's bearing fruit. I mm-hmm. mean, it, just because it's painful doesn't mean it's not bearing not fruit. Really yeah. Yeah. And so the timing of things. Uh, I know when I, I was a, a college professor, and I had been wanting to leave my my job and, and that career, make a make a shift mm-hmm. for three years. And the first year, the Lord said, uh, you know, you're just complaining a lot mm. <laughs> and you're grumbling and you're just going to be wandering here. Stop complaining. Mm-hmm. The second year, he said, there's there's more for you to learn. And there were so many wonderful opportunities for me personally to learn while I was teaching others. And then the final year, he said, there's so much more for you to give. 
there's still more for you to give. Mm. And so when I mastered those, you know, lessons and I was very convicted because mm-hmm. I was just grumbling and complaining mm-hmm. and wanted to leave. Finally, and I'd been begging the Lord, please, I don't want to go back for three years. I begged the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it seemed like all of a sudden, uh, but he had been showing me, uh, like you said, in objects, in songs I'd hear on the radio, mm-hmm. on a billboard, on a, on a, 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 a sermon. Yeah. He finally, and I did hear the audible vo- voice of God. One of the few times I have, he uh-huh. said, leave and leave now. Wow. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I've been waiting three years for this. And I was terrified and excited at the same time. Mm -hmm. It was exactly what I wanted to do. And now he's giving me permission. Wait, hold up. Was that really you? Did you just did (laughs) Did you? Was that that? your voice? Am I being tricked here? Yes. And you said leave and leave now. Mm -hmm. He didn't just say, "Okay, you can go. Mm -hmm. He said leave and leave now. The very next day, I I resigned. All right, that's good. <laughs> and so I was obedient. And mm-hmm. so you talk in your book about the importance of obedience and following God's plan exactly as he gives it. Yes. And so those windows of opportunity are about the timing. And then there's also, he may reveal some details to you. Oh, yeah. And we kind of say, okay, yes, but, mm-hmm. or yes, and mm-hmm. I'm going to do it this way mm-hmm. instead of just yes. Yeah, yeah. Those um, those details that they say the devil is in the detail, mm-hmm. but it is. It, it, the detail is is his um, perfect plan. Mm-hmm. And um, earlier we talked about uh, obedience. We talked about being totally committed to God, loving Him so much that we would follow His every command. Mm-hmm. And that means doing everything exactly as He states. He He knows best what to do. And so the blueprint is there. You got to follow it to the letter. Mm-hmm. Um, even with um, um, Saul, remember Saul when he was he was told to go and kill everything, yes. don't leave anything, right, right. and he decided to keep a couple of things. He held back, back a little, yeah, just <laughs> like a little your bit. grandma used to say, hold back a, hold a back couple dollars, catch <laughs> a little bit off for <laughs> yourself. So he did that, and of course that angered God so much that he was like this this. Saul, he won't listen to me. He mm-hmm. won't do what I say. It really is rebellion when we don't follow it exactly as as he stated. So for you, when, when God said, leave and leave now, mm-hmm. what you had to leave at that moment. I love that because you heard him and mm-hmm. then you acted on mm-hmm. it. And sometimes I think what happens with us is we hear him. We doubt because we're not familiar with the voice mm-hmm. or we hear him and we and we begin to reason Oh, you know what? Maybe that's not, maybe this isn't the right time. Maybe I shouldn't do this. Mm -hmm. And we put our own in there. God knows exactly what he's doing. Amen. Amen. Do you think, you know, we, I think, you know, we seem to be surprised (laughs) when something wonderful happens. It's like, why am I surprised? And Mm -hmm. then we seem to be confused Mm -hmm. thinking God is confused. Yeah. You know, he knows what he's doing. He knows exactly (laughs) what's going on. (laughs) And so you say there are four different ways we can respond to a word from God. And so, yeah. We, you know, we can kind of say no. We yeah. can kind of say. Yeah. Uh, you can act like you, you can ignore him. I didn't him. really hear you. Can, you, yeah. you can ignore him. You know, like I didn't even acknowledge that he said mm-hmm. anything. Or you can um, actually hear him and just not do what he said. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that's rebellion. That's yeah. disobedience. And then you could do like we were just talking about. You could say, okay, I'm going to do it. But then you add your right. stuff to your it. twist. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which never works out quite the way. <laughs> That we're supposed to, and then you can just do what he says, hey, which is the best amen, way, to, best amen. place to live. Mm-hmm, <laughs> amen. And and you talk about the value of keeping a journal, mm-hmm. and so I, it, it occurs to me as we're talking and thinking about that recommendation that you give in your book. It's time to shift um, to keep track of the things God is revealing to you. Yep. You know, um, mm-hmm. 
what he's showing you, uh, and then certainly the instructions that he's giving you. Yeah. And journaling might be a good way to do that. Say more about that. Well, yeah, journaling will definitely give you the plan, and it gives you, I mean, God will give you the plan mm-hmm. and exactly all the things that you are to do. Um, but then that journal is is the great uh, history book because you can go back mm-hmm. and look and see those things that God did uh, for you. So it is a benefit. It really does help you um, hone that gift. Like, oh, okay, I did hear God. Yeah, I mm. heard God, mm-hmm. and He did this. Mm-hmm. It helps you get more confident. In yeah, that. yeah. Mm-hmm. I have one journal that I've been keeping um, since 2012 when I first started our lay counseling program at my church, mm-hmm. and then it's the journal I take with me whenever I personally go and receive counseling. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was noticing, I just the other day, you said when you sat down with the Lord and he poured out for four or five hours and mm-hmm. your book was born, mm-hmm. I had a similar experience. I, I call it therapy, my own personal therapy. I sit down with the Lord with my journal. I say, okay, Lord, I'm sad about this. Right, I'm right. um, what are you going to do? And I just kind of pour out, you know, my frustrations. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think I could do that until I studied the Psalms. And I was like, you know what, David, Sure. People like, Lord, wake oh, yeah. up. Aren't you? Are you paying attention over here? Yeah. And I was like, if David can do it and he's a man yeah. after God's own heart, surely I can. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be as mean and bold as, as David was mm-hmm. calling mm-hmm. the Lord out. But so I'll sit with my journal and kind of cry about my problems and mm-hmm. and then write down what the Lord has said or, or the revelation. Mm-hmm. And so I was looking back in this kind of quote unquote therapy journal from 2012 to today, mm-hmm. and I had some, a lot of encouragements of, wow, look what God said. And then three years later, oh, my goodness, look what happened. Wow. Uh, but I also saw, and I also saw some themes. Mm-hmm. You know what? I've been struggling with this since 2012. Mm-hmm. You know, so it really helps to reveal not only God's goodness and what he's doing, but it also shined a light on areas that I'm struggling or Mm -hmm. strongholds or areas of sin or areas of disobedience that it's different people, different faces, different circumstances, but the theme is pretty much the same. That's awesome. Had you progressed over the years? In a lot of areas, yes. And and then it's kind of like the peeling back the onion. Mm -hmm. When I noticed this one theme from 2012 throughout very different circumstances, even, you know, being divorced, being single, being remarried. And I'm like, wait, I've been, this thing, it's not new. This is from way back then. Gotcha. And it was even back from my childhood. Gotcha. And so I'm realizing this is an area where I really need to shift. Yeah. Yeah. That's a prime opportunity. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Well, you have your favorite scripture, Jeremiah 33, three. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you share that with us? And then we're going to go, we're going to close sure the thing. show. Uh, Jeremiah 33 and 3 says, call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you things that you did not know. It's a paraphrase. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what I love about it is if I call to him, if I talk with him, he'll answer me. Amen. He'll talk back to me and then he'll tell me the things that I need to know. Mm-hmm. Those secret things. It's simple as that. Amen. <laughs> and then with those secret things, that secret insight, we can make the shift and move with God. Uh, yes, we Amen. can. Thank you, Dr. Carla Thank Coburn, you. for being my de- my guest today. Thank you so much. Thank you. And Carla is the author of It's Time to Shift, Moving with God. You can connect with Carla and purchase her book. Just go to my website, drpegradio.com, and I'll link back to her. My guest has been Carla Coburn. I'm Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, reminding you to live well.
Thank you for listening to today's episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg, brought to you every week by SSI Guardian. To listen to previous episodes, learn more about Dr. Peg's mental health and safety workshops, or to register for an upcoming VIP personal transformation retreat, visit drpegradio.com. You can also purchase Dr. Peg's books, Do Something Different for a Change, and Doggy Tales, Lessons on Life, Love, and Loss I Learned from My Dog, online at drpegradio.com. And remember to join us every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 94.7 The Word FM for Living Well with Dr. Peg. Living well.